Hi, my name is Stephen Rafferty, and you're watching These Are Questions. This is the interview show where I ask people questions about things, life, and such not. Today's guest is a world-renowned photographer, and she is the owner and founder of her creative agency, The Creative Circus Agency. Please welcome Vivian Vo. Vivian. Hey. Thank you for having me. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for being a part of These Are Questions. Welcome. Before we get into the show itself, I need to explain the rules of these are questions. Vivian, I'm going to ask you a series of questions that are going to be based around your career aspirations, along with a mixture of questions that are borderline idiotic and, well, randomly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Do you accept those terms? Oh, let me think about that. Yes. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So... Vivian, are you ready? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Si. Yes. Si, senorita. Internet, are you ready? I see, I see a thumbs up over there. We're ready to go. We're ready to go. I'm going to take that as a yes. So yeah, we're ready. <laughs> With that in mind, let's begin. So, Vivian, I would love to get to know more about yourself, your business, and your sister agency. Can you explain to me and the viewers your story and how you got into the creative arts and form formulate with the creation of your various business ventures? Uh, well, it's funny you asked that, Stephen, because only recently that I actually discovered my parents' creative and entrepreneurial background. Mm -hmm. um, my mom actually grew up writing poems, and she did happy things, and... She sold and loved to sing Vinny's opera while she ran her family's businesses. Oh, wow. And my, so, and my father was such a renaissance man, and I never knew that growing up because, you know, I was just a kid. But he actually was an apprentice to a painter. So, like, the paintings in our homes, he did them, and I didn't even realize them. He ran his own photography studio back home, and then when he moved, and he also worked in the fashion industry. So, when he moved to the States, he actually started his own fashion label, and he offered videography on the side. Um, so, I guess the opera was not for me cheap, but... I started my creative journey at a very young age, as far as I can remember. I've always loved fashion, music, and the performing arts, so I started singing when I was three, and I started writing my own music when I was seven, and I would perform choreographed productions for my family with my, my uh, brothers and siblings, and uh, I started illustrating and sketching. I even made my own little like magazines, like fashion magazines. I would like find them myself. I'll have my mom Xerox them, so um, yeah, I was always entrepreneurial, I guess, because even when I was eight, my, I came to my dad with this book, and my parents still tell me the story, but like, they thought it was so funny. I came to them with this book of sketches, and it had the name of the designs, it had SKUs, it had the colors and the offering, and even had the price points for them. So, I guess you can say I took a very entrepreneurial approach to my craft. Mm -hmm. I was always the hustler. I was that kid that was always like selling something on the playground. Um, and then when I went to college, I pursued a BA in fine arts. In fashion design and also a BA in fashion marketing. And uh, I had modeled, styled wardrobe, and taught at a makeup school while I was there. And additionally, I had been voted into a uh, presidency row at the Fashion Couture Society. And I think that was actually really a prelude to the business that I own now because during that time, I had the highest membership activities, like active members actually running through the organization. At that point, uh, it was very low. Um, so I kind of Entice people to join because I provided like educational workshops, um, 
we did a lot of networking. I produced all the fashion shows and also photo shoots. So I think naturally I was always uh, good at networking and connecting raw talent together. And, um, and then when I moved to corporate life, I actually worked as a designer and I quickly advanced to a role where I ended up hiring, training and managing the web department, the marketing team, the product oh, wow. development. And so a lot of people don't know that I actually have a tech background. So I, I, everything I taught, everything I know about web design, web development, SEO, graphic design, that was all self-taught. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I guess like, um, from, you know, working with the corporate side, I had the opportunity to work with budgets and cast talent and hire crew members. And I would be the one, you know, in charge of the creative direction and also the post-production. So I was very hands-on with that. Very cool and very interesting. I did not know, I did not know a lot about you with that. So that's really eye-opening. And it's funny because um, now that you mentioned more of your story, we kind of have a similar pathway and background. Um, just to go a little bit about myself without going into a crazy tangent. Uh, long story, super short, is that I didn't start as an entertainer. I didn't start as a stand-up comic in my original roots. I started as a programmer. I was a computer programmer. I was looking for... Yeah, so I, I was working in, I guess, IT. I was working in web development, um, uh, working with a company called Abysmal Essence, and they were the ones who did all the mobile games for Adult Swim uh, productions for um, Cartoon Network and stuff. And I was doing interning there. Realized I absolutely hated it because I didn't like the web design of it. I liked the design of it and the creative part of it. Um, and then long story short, without getting too much into my life, um, I left out of there, started doing other endeavors, and then it eventually led it to me doing entertainment, stand-up, and doing acting, and then doing behind-the-scenes work as a videographer, editor, photographer, graphic designer, and a jack-of-all-trades. All self-taught, by the way. So yeah. I can absolutely relate to your story, how you, you were introduced to different forms uh, of media and also into you know a little bit of entertainment and then developing your craft and self-teaching your crafts and learning your skills. So definitely relatable in a lot of ways. Well, I'm so glad you shared it with me because I'm actually really jealous because I've always, <laughs> when I was younger, the, 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 there was only two dreams that I had. I wanted to be a magician or a, a stand-up comic. Those were my two dreams. Ooh. And here I am. I'm, I'm, a, I'm now a producer <laughs> and running a marketing agency and a production business. So, you know, it's just interesting that the world takes you. Absolutely. Um, and if you never know, you can always still become a stand-up comic and a magician. You could be both if you really wanted to. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely have thought about the stand-up comedy. The few times I've, I've been to New York, I was like, ah, oh, I thought about taking improv classes because a lot of people tell me like they think that I'm funny by nature. So I'm like, oh, maybe I could take some of these because I'm pretty a huge storyteller and I'm very sarcastic and I have four date stories and I, I, I don't really filter any of them. So okay, okay. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's material. endless material right there. So you know. I can just tell you right off the bat, if you ever decide to do it, just go on an open mic, get a little set for a few minutes and just jump and see if you like it. If you don't like it, be like, hey, at least you tried. But if you do, and the ball's just running, you just keep going. I think I'll just stick to entertaining my crew and my clients on set. Okay, okay fair enough. But you never know. You never know. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of your clients and your talent, I really wanted to ask, you know, how would you define your photographic style? to someone who's never done photography before. So I will preface that this is coming from someone who was not formally trained in photography. This was all self-taught. I would say like my fashion and advertising photography is centered around color sensibility and storytelling. Mm -hmm. uh, color theory is one of my strengths, I think, I believe, especially with the, even, even the throughout school, that was one of my strengths. 
So all my concepts are pretty much based off a, a color story that I've developed along with wardrobe that represents like a time period or something that got inspired. I got inspired through my travels and movies or music. Mm-hmm. And if you were at, if you were to ask me about my stylistic approach as an artist, I would call myself a Euro minimalist trash, Howard Duke eclectic and color gasmic uh, idealist. Hmm. Color gasmic. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm constantly like I'm like getting color orgasms. So I get I'm very easily visually stimulated by colors mm-hmm. and also by music. Music kind of takes me up to this like other high, and it's funny. I don't really, you know, I did not partake in any recreational drugs, but music for some reason takes me to another realm, and then my imagination just opens up into mm-hmm. another world. I, I ab- absolutely, I think there's there's an art with music and. It, there's a sensibility with it when you especially find songs that you really, really enjoy, that you really have a feel for. So um, it's funny. I want you to remember some music for later. Um, not going to spoil anything, but remember that Ooh, for later. So yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've had the chance to do some incredible photo shoots and, and media projects across the globe. Is there any one of your previous shoots or locations that, Really stand out, stand out for you. Stand out, stand out, stand out for you. We're gonna keep that <laughs> in. We're keeping that in. I'm gonna like that too. Oh wow! Uh, I let me think. You know what? I know this is gonna might sound boring to some people um, because it's not one of my most like what you would uh, identify as a glamorous client. Mm-hmm. But actually, one of my clients is Putik and Wellness, and I held a very dear. Um, I have a, a very, very um, intimate uh, association with that company because when I produce for them, it's, it's more of like a corporate company. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom had two strokes. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, my life kind of completely changed. And actually, when the stroke happened is when I actually launched my business. Because oh my goodness. in order to care for my mom full time, um, especially since she was dealing with rehab and not being able to speak or walk, I had to work from home. And so this is what kind of uh, plummeted me into, I have to run a business. I need to take care of my family. Um, And so when I went there, I saw the center that was offering services that kind of would have been a preventative program for someone like my mom. And even after the fact of her having a stroke. And so I was very moved by that because it's so rare that you were for a client. You're like, wow, they're doing something really amazing that is is changing people's lives. You know, so for me, that was always memorable because they would, you know, I, they knew the story of my mom and they would give me like products and advice and, and things how we could help improve her health. And so that was something that always stood out to me because I, I love working for clients where I truly believe in their products and services. I tend to turn away projects where I feel like I don't have the right passion, amount of passion for it. I would be doing the service because really at the end of the day, I know, you know, Speaking as an entrepreneur, it's all about ROIs, but speaking as a creative artist, I want to do projects where I believe that it is doing something good for the world and it's changing something. Well, thank you for sharing me um, your more intimate side of how you think and how you form with some of your um, creative projects and where you want to see going moving forward. So. Um, Thank you for that. I did not know, and that's pretty cool. And I'm glad that you were able to continue to form a successful business and doing, as you in your words, creating great projects and doing good for yourself and for the world. So, 
I, I, I applaud that. We have a little, a little bit of applause. Oh, thank you. I mean, to be honest, that's the real reason why I went to photography because, you know, I was a career director. I never had to shoot. I would just be the one directing the lighting, the type of shots, the right. styling. And then, you know, of course, I got frustrated sometimes. I'm like, let me just do the shot. I can see it in my head. But, but truly, I started this business because I really wanted to bring light into underrepresented voices. So when I started, I wasn't shooting fashion. I was traveling. I took a hiatus. Um, and after corporate life, because before my mom had a stroke, it's so ironic, I was disabled for four months. I couldn't walk. Uh, oh, wow. a, a drunk driver had hit me. Oh, my and goodness. It changed my whole life. I was like this woman who like ran 120 miles per hour at corporate life telling me all the things that I did to like now seeing that I was limited and that and life is not, is not immortal. And so then I took a hiatus. I traveled to, throughout Europe for a year. And that's when I really honed on my photography. I just took pictures of stories, of just people. What was happening? What was I? I try to capture images that sounded and smell. I know it sounds weird, but actually smell and felt what I was seeing at the time. And so I think throughout that process, it brought me to really want to tell stories because I saw so much um, economic suppression, religious oppression, I saw so many things that really disturbed me. So sometimes you'll, what you'll notice in my fashion editorials, there is an underlying social issue that I'm trying to highlight without being so literal. Okay. So a lot of influence, uh, a lot of my stuff is also influenced by just just represent, just trying to bring light to certain topics that maybe we're not aware about or we don't talk about enough. Okay. Very, very interesting. Um, and if, I'm just thinking about it. I just now I'm looking back at like some of your uh photo shoots and some of your earlier stuff and now i'm gonna be like okay what's the underlying <laughs> what's the intention what's the hidden meaning <laughs> yeah i know i think most people don't think about that but i i truly um operate from that a place of i truly operate from that place when i'm building these, these stories very cool very very cool so vivian my next question is not so much a question per se, but it's actually a challenge. Ooh. Vivian, <laughs> I am challenging to you, I'm challenging you to a game. This is a very important game, by the way. To a game of tic-tac-toe. Ooh, I haven't played that in so long. Okay, I have two colors. Do you want red or blue? Blue. What's my favorite color? It's mine, too. Ooh. What? <laughs> Crazy. Ladies first. Do you want X or O? Uh, let's go with O. Oh, okay. And where would you want this O to be? Here? I would like the O to be hmm, in the center. Okay, center right here. I'm left-handed, so this is going to be kind of awkward. But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. There's the O right there. It's the O. Okay. I got to get my... My sharpie here is I am. There we go. I am here. So okay, you put the O right in the center. Hmm. Go, go right here. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go right in the top left corner. Right here. Mm hmm. Okay. There's my O. This is gonna. It's gonna look funny, but it's okay. Hmm, okay. I am going to go here. 
X. That's my bad. <laughs> X. I will go in between those X's. Oh, okay, okay. Alright. Where am I gonna go? I'm gonna go right here. Okay. Getting right. there. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the middle left. Hopefully it's your left too. Right here. Oh, I feel okay. like you gave me that one. No, I didn't. I just you can't. Do? I just can't see. That's the problem. <laughs> I didn't plan this out right. Such a gentleman. There you go. You, you won. Yeah, I gave it to you. That's my, that's me being oh, yeah. courteous. You are the winner. I finally won something! Yay! You finally won. Good job. Good job. Finally, good job. Okay, there you go. Awesome. So, Vivian, if you were a deck of cards. Which suit of card would you be and why? The Joker, <laughs> for sure. I would be the just everyone in my family and um, even my clients do know I'm, I'm pretty much a comical relief. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always said that if we ever have to go back in time, like the caveman days, or we have to start bartering again, because, you know, for whatever our, our, our world has changed to a new world order or whatever, I would be a just. I'm like, can you please feed my family? I will literally dance and entertain you. Like that would be my job. That would be my job. My family would just pick me out as a the jest. <laughs> yep. Just Jester Vivian. I can see you <laughs> with the with the Jester hat and like. I would totally yeah, with the bells? Oh my god, I would totally yes. You would be hearing me coming and running away. <laughs> uh, my next question is what is your guilty pleasure junk food? Cheese balls. I'm so embarrassed to say this, but everyone okay. cheese balls. You know the big tub, and this is so embarrassing. If anyone has ever gone to Walmart and seen the big tub with the purple lid, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I will go through that tub in a week <laughs> or less. Okay. Go figure. Go figure. That's with me and cheesecakes. Like, if you give me a cheesecake, morbid as it is, I will probably eat most of that cheesecake. That's like my guilty pleasure. Um. <laughs> at least that's like you can only eat so much cheesecake with cheese balls you can go endlessly <laughs> that's how they get you you know that they just they give you the they giant do. tub and it's like here it is and then like oh you, you continue it oh here's another tub here's another one here's another one it's more funny when I told you about the poker life and the stuff I would have it just like there are more my, my library of books and I would just keep eating from the tub and they could always tell when I was stressed because I'm a stress eater so junk food keeps me going when I have to sustain myself. So they'll come up and like Vivian, and then they'll see that I'm eating cheese balls. They're like, "Back away, really slow." <laughs> Everyone gets scared. They're like, "Oh no, she's overwhelmed." Everyone, back away. Don't ask her anything. <laughs> so it's a it's a good it's a good detection, but a good alarm if, <laughs> if if it's going if it's going down more and more. Then you know you know something's going on. Exactly. So if you guys see me eating cheese balls in my stories on Instagram, be very aware. <laughs> Hey, good to know. Good to know. Um, <laughs> stress aside, my next question is: Do you do well with roller coasters? Um, if we're actually talking about literal roller coasters, no, I have a fear of heights. But if you're talking about roller coasters uh, as a, as applicable to life, I work very well on like I like working on high time, like high pressured deadlines and sensitive deadlines. So I love I love details and I love. Yeah, I love challenges, so that I can do. And I also love 
you know, and it's also very important to be emotionally intelligent. So with emotional cursives, I'm kind of like this. I'm usually just happy all the time, to be honest with you. So and that's so important when you're like with any career you have in mind. Oh, absolutely. You got to have a level of enjoyment and fulfillment. You have to go for the roller coaster, pun intended, of emotions. You have to go for the highs and your lows. But generally speaking, if you're not in a happy state of mind where you're just like constantly going through a lot, then maybe that's some signs that you may need to work on something to try to live a more fulfilling and more enjoyable life. I don't know. That's just my take on it. I, I know nothing, but you know, um, sort of goes for it. But okay, okay. You're good dealing with life's roller coaster. Yes. And when you're on that high all the time, the lows seem so minimal. So when you do get into a low, you're just like, you know, it's just a temporary thing and you're just passing through. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, what and where do you want to see for yourself and the agency succeed with in the future? So in terms of the agency, I do want to scale the business to a point where we can reach other regions such as London and Barcelona in terms of our production side and, you know, um, on the other parts of the business, you know, we do work remotely, but in terms of a crew actually being uh, locally there, I would like to develop a bear in those particular regions. And then truthfully, I would like to take my existing team that's been with me from the beginning and cross over to Hollywood because I always want to do short films and uh, movies because that's where my music background, I would like to do soundtracks. I would like to build bigger scenes on bigger locations and uh, really work on a, a much bigger scale than we are now in terms of our productions. Okay, so just not rapid, but major expansion looking, looking ahead for you. Yes, absolutely. Script writing, all that jazz. I love all that of Hollywood. I have, I have notebooks of all the movies and uh, Broadway musical plays that I've written and, and hoping to cross over at some point in my life. I, I, I always foresee that as a chapter of, uh, in my life of happening at some point later down the road. That, not later, it's going to happen as soon as, <laughs> soon, as soon as possible. Right after this interview, that's when you're going to start doing it, right right away. And I'm being, I'm being serious. Like If you have those ideas there, I know you're trying to go into Hollywood and that's a big endeavor, but if you want to just start and just get your feet wet, just start creating short projects and short films when you have the time. Obviously, you're very busy. You have a, you have a full-scale business. But I'm just saying, when you have your downtime, you want to work on it, just start small, work your way up. Just if you started small with photography, you work your way up to the amazing business that you have, and you see the same thing. That's exactly, that's exactly how you have to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You got to start small, you work your way up. Um, next question is, what is a great piece of advice for anyone who wants to pursue creative endeavors? I will say, as an artist, it is very important that you think about the long terms of how do you sustain yourself and make it lucrative. Um, the, the problem with artists is a lot of us are so busy honing on our craft and we're very emotionally tied to our skill set. And we don't really look at the entrepreneurial side and the marketing aspect of it. And it's okay. You do not have to be good at business to be a successful artist. But you do have to have the wisdom to understand that you need to have certain other people that are experts in those areas take you to where you need to go. So if you don't invest in yourself, because you won't be able to sustain yourself long term. And then what is the point of that if you can't share your amazing talents and skills with the world? So it's really important also to take in experience. Experience is so important. I would say that experience is actually more important than education, especially as an artist. Anyone working in the creative field, you cannot be taught to be creative. You are either born with it already or not. And this is sometimes a very harsh 
internal conversation you have to have with yourself. Because I remember when I went to school and I would kind of measure, not measure myself up against everyone, but I had to have like a, a proposition, like where do I stand with my talents? Because you see so many talented people and you're like, oh my God, that person's so much better than me at certain things. But you have to realize like, how are you going to define yourself? How are you going to keep improving? You can't look at people and, and, and let that suppress you. You have to actually make it push you and elevate you even further to be even better, be more creative. And then also, like I said, I learned a lot of things outside of school. So most of my skill sets were all self-taught outside of school. And it really, um, really brought me to where I am now by doing free things in the beginning with people and investing in myself. You know, when I didn't have a stylist, I was the one styling and I'm still styling sometimes, but I was the one doing every single part of the production. I did, I used to do all the post-productions because I was a graphic designer. So I edited all my photos, but now, now we have a team of six people. So I just hand it off to whomever. Right. Um, and so it's so important that you also let go as an artist. If you want to be a true business owner as a creative, there will be certain things that you need to let go eventually. Because in the beginning, when you're bootstrapping, of course, you're going to do everything and anything under the sun. But you do know that your time is better working on your craft. So you need to have other pieces because it really does take a team to make the dream work. And I'm a huge advocate of that. And I'm sure you noticed that even with the questions you asked me, I've always been about connecting with the raw talent and working together and not against each other in the creative community because it is already an undervalued industry. Um, and so it can it can be very discouraging for some artists when they feel like they are, are unable to sustain themselves. But let me tell you now, if you're an artist and you're working a nine to five job, you think of that as a vehicle for yourself because I worked in corporate life before I started my own business and I did my own business on the side while I was working. But every job I've ever had, even working at a restaurant, it taught me social skills and multitasking. Like every single job that you ever have in your life is only a step forward to where you're going to end up and where you're going to continue to go. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely agree with a lot of the points you brought up here. And, you know, being an artist, being creative, it takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of effort. And I always say it's a crapshoot. You could be doing this for a very long time and then may not necessarily get the success that you necessarily want, or maybe it might put you in a different direction. But the thing I can relate with the most is, you know, every job you have, every gig you make, every connection you have, partnership, whatever the case may be, is a stepping stone that leads to potentially what you may be doing in the future. And it always gives you the correct skill set and the skills that you need to excel and to achieve what you're trying to do long term. So everything means something, everything causes a ripple effect both ways. And, and, and back to earlier, Stephen, when you talked about your background as a programmer, yes. and I also talked about my tech background, people don't realize that, but when I'm shooting for my clients, I am very intentional. So I'm already thinking about the landing page. I'm thinking about all the collateral that these images are going to be used for. So I'm already thinking how they should look, how wide they should be, uh, which which orientation I should be shooting them in, what type of lighting, leaving negative space for the text. So I'm very tech, I'm very intentional with everything I do. And people probably don't realize that they're like, I'm just taking a picture about why did I, why did I leave space here? Or why did I crop it this way? Or why did I shoot it from this angle? So, you know, that's also something, you know, it's like everything that all the experiences that you go, you look at everything, you approach it so differently. Because even, um, for example, besides the technical side of it now, I'm looking at like, 
when I look at these, uh, when I'm creating these storyboards, I'm also studying all the people's faces, all the talent that I work with. So within 15 seconds, this is a guarantee, within 15 seconds at this point in my life and in career, I'm able to identify a person's angle so, and within 15 seconds. Wow. I'll know I know exactly if I need to shoot a bird's eye at an eye view or below you, to the left, to the right, 45 degrees, up, down. Like, I, I, it's crazy. Like, and I've had so many clients who are just like so impressed. So, with headshots, I'm like, I only need 15 minutes with someone and I can do the headshots and I have to provide you 100 frames to choose from, like that. Because I've, I've studied people's, I've studied people's faces, especially being, you know, um, a minority myself. And I love different cultures and different features. So, every culture has like, certain prominent features that I know that I want to highlight or I want to, you know, maybe conceal for them. So even like, well, my face is like this, but for example, like your face is round. So when I was sublighting, I would cut in some shadows here if you wanted to look longer or if you had a long face and you want to make it rounder, I would put the lighting a certain way to make it flatten it out a little bit, make it wider. So there's just like little technical tricks that we do and so it's just beyond creating it's just learning about the creative aspect and you just gotta have that thirst like i have this insatiable thirst for learning all the time whether it's whether it's just learning to play the cello you know i just love learning so much because i feel like it ties all into creating like everything we is we are inspired by everything we see we smell we hear and that is where it translates even like as a user experience designer you would think like Oh, this boring tech person who has no personality working behind the screen to create this amazing website. But no, I play certain music when I'm like dissecting a website. I'm like, okay, this is the music I'm hearing for the brand that I would hear in the commercials. And then I'm like looking through and I'm like, okay, this is what type of experience I want. How could it be dynamic? How can we, what kind of CTAs do we want to do? How do we encourage people to click here and to call in and to buy, you know? So it's, you know, being a creative, it will take you only so far. You have to have tenacity and you have to have that drive to learn how to encourage sales. And I hate to bring up the business part of it, but this is just something I really want a lot of creatives to think about is that you get at what you do, but the more you know, the more you can do. Amazing, wise words there. And definitely, definitely applicable um, for anybody that's going into creative endeavors and going into the creative fields, um, you got to do both sides. You got to know a little bit of the business, but you got to know the creative, and obviously, you got to balance the two things between. And you know, it's funny that throughout this interview, you've mentioned about your love of music and how you use music as a tool um, to help you in, when you're creating or when you're dealing with business issues, business ventures, whatever the case may be, right? Mm -hmm. So it leads to my last question. <laughs> remember it because it's going to play a role for this uh this uh episode so this season on these are questions season three i'm asking every single guest to come up with some of their favorite songs that define their personality because i'm creating a playlist for this season so oh wow cool mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so vivian can you tell me you can give me up to five is what the limit is but can you tell me some of your favorite songs that define your personality? Um, definitely Naughty by Nature, Hip Hop Hooray. That hey. Yeah, that is my jam. I go crazy. Um, also, I, this is probably a weird thing because I've watched you, but I always said that when I pass away at my funeral, I want them to play that song, Kung Ting Du Akre, um, by the, in that, that movie, Amale. 
by um, Jan Tiersen. Mm-hmm. Because if you listen to just the melodies um, and of the, the composition, it kind of just tells my story of when I was born into music and creativity and how I went through some, you know, dark places and then went back up and it brought myself and resurrected so many times. And so that is a song that I definitely think um, expresses my personality. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a rocker at heart. I was a phrase on rock and roll, so I guess the next one would be Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Classic, all time classic. Yep, all classics. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think those three would probably be, yeah, those three would probably be my choices. Good choices, good selection. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so what we're going to do at the end of the season, we're going to have a whole playlist of everyone's favorite songs that define their personalities, and it's going to be one wacky, bizarre, and weird music. Oh, <laughs> I love it. That's so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is it. This is the end. We're at the end of our interview, Vivian. Um, we made it. We made it. We made Woo-hoo, it. Guys. Yes. <laughs> applause and everything in between. So, Vivian, the floor, or excuse me, I guess the internet is yours right now because Anything that you want to promote, anything that you want to say, anything that you want to do before we end off in this episode, um, you know, it is your time to shine. The internet is yours. Thank you guys so much. Well, I'm not going to promote my business because that's not really my style. <laughs> but I will. what I will say is I just want everyone out there, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever your story is, I just want you to know that there is someone else who shares the same exact story as you. And I think it is our responsibility in life to spread happiness and compassion. So I think it's so important that we all remember, oh my God, I'm getting emotional. I was expecting to get emotional. I was expecting, I think it's because of COVID. (laughs) Welcome to these are questions where things get emotional. Sometimes. Yeah, it's so crazy. I didn't think that was going to happen to me. I'm usually not an emotional person, but I think with COVID, it really taught me that. I've been so moved by so many people who have been moved by my, just working with us that it's really made me feel so grateful to do what I do. And I think it's so important that we that you live each day just grateful for the talents that God has given you, but also for the opportunity to share with other people and also tell their story, so I'm sorry, I'm such an no, ugly cry. Okay. Don't, don't cry, don't cry. We're not, this, this is not the show for crying, okay. But I obviously, I really love what I do, and I really thank everyone for their support, because I wouldn't be able to do any of this without the support of my followers, my fans, and our clients, and so I'm forever grateful for you guys for driving to my craft and always inspiring me. And, and thank you for sharing everything that you've shared here for this episode. Easy questions. This emotional roller coaster. <laughs> See, it looks like a rather emotional roller coaster. It's all good. No, no worries, no worries. So, to wrap up here, episodes are here on YouTube and Spotify for these are questions. Um, for those that are watching and listening, we thank you. And the last, last thing I want to say before anything is that everything's in the description down below for medias for both myself and for Vivian. So feel free to check those out if you're interested. If not, that's okay. That's cool. That's fine. If you are, then great. Great. And with that, you've been watching, slash listening, slash viewing. I don't know what you're doing anymore. It's 2022. Who knows? I don't know. Um, (laughs) You've been watching. These are questions. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.
or uh, 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 good morning or good afternoon. Uh, you could be watching this at like 4.57 p.m. in like, I don't know, Dubai or something. Maybe. It's true. Buenos dias, buenas tardes, buenas noches, buenas Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Au revoir. Arriba Dirty. Welcome to Multicultural These Are Questions. We're here for the culture. And then sanity. And then sanity. Here on this roller coaster.